This week on Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen, we'll be talking about our favorite picks for holiday movies, TV shows, and songs of the season. You may be surprised at what made the list and what didn't. Hello again, everybody. I'm Pete. And I'm Maureen. And we want to welcome you to our dining room studio. And Maureen is here with a glass of Bailey's. And I'm here with a glass of Merlot. And we invite you to join us, too, around our table with your favorite libation. And this is our Christmas podcast, part two. And this week we are talking, as Maureen said, about our favorite holiday movies and songs and maybe things that we weren't so crazy about. So let's start off with uh, movies and or TV shows, Pete. Okay, we're going to put that in one category. I think so. Okay. Uh, Do you want to do just a rundown of the top five or of your top five and then mine and then talk about how do you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do do, uh, top five counting from five up to, to number one. Okay, well, I put mine, folks, to let you know, Pete and I wrote down our things. We do not know what each other has selected. Although I think point. I know what's on your list, and I think you know some of what's on mine. Some, but I don't think we know each other completely. Okay. But anyway, um, when I wrote mine down, it's not in any particular order. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, number five for B okay. is It's Christmas, Charlie Brown. Okay. That's my number five. Mm-hmm. It's an hour long. You're not going to be there watching it all night. It's cute. It's fun. It's got nice songs. And again, it's one of those things that people in our generation grew up watching that. I think it used to be on NBC. You got me. And so <laughs> that's, that's a part of my childhood. So number five for me is it's Christmas, Charlie Brown. Is it, it's Christmas or Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown? Or is it a Charlie Brown Christmas? A Charlie Brown Christmas. Anyway, it's the Charlie Brown thing with the, the skinny tree. <laughs> Remember, that was the only Christmas tree he could find was this little stick tree. Well, he felt sorry for it. He wasn't felt sorry that the for thing? it, yeah. So it, it wasn't it's, that it's, it was the only one he could find. It's he, the one with the skimpy tree. Okay, do you want to do yours or should I keep going? Okay, well, again, like mine was in no particular order, but at the, at the last one that I wrote down was A Christmas Carol. Now, which one? Because there's a bunch of them. That's that's the, that's why I put it low on the because I really like them all, and for different reasons. Okay. Like I like the Reginald Owens and Alistair Sims, the real old old one, and I never remember which one is which. Where which is the one where the guy where Scrooge gets like absolutely giddy? Alistair Sims. Okay. Well, that that one I like, but I like the one with um, George C. Uh, Scott. George C. Scott. I like the one with Henry Winkler, and of course, I love Mr. Magoo. So I, I, I that's why I put that one down the end because it it's not any one particular one. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a conglomeration. Okay, number four, mm-hmm. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Now again, that is another one that goes back to my boyhood, and I have to confess because if you've heard my previous podcasts on here. I can be slightly outrageous at Slightly. <laughs> I have to tell you. Little cantankerous. That one, Magoo's Christmas Carol, brings me to tears. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I love that one. 
It's in fact, I used to watch it privately here mm-hmm. because I didn't want Maureen to see me crying. And I knew he liked it so much that the one year I bought him a DVD of it. Yeah, and he wouldn't watch it. Yeah, because he didn't want, want to cry. I didn't want. I didn't want you to see that. But yeah, that's like my number four. Go. Okay. Go ahead. My number four, and it, it's kind of, I put a question mark because I, I wasn't 100% on it, was Home Alone. <laughs> He's making, I wish we had can a you, video. You're going to see this face. Can you face. see the, the scrunchy face that I'm making here? Well, I'll put the mic closer so you could all see the scrunchy face that I'm making. Uh, but I love Macaulay Culkin when he rigs up the house and he's playing Jingle Bell Rock and he's dancing and he's got all the things going in the windows. That's in the when windows. Macaulay Culkin was cute. Well, yeah. You know, now he, now he could stop at 8 o'clock an hour. But. <laughs> now be nice. Okay. It's, Christmas. Right, it's Christmas. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of a fun picture. And you got Joe Pesci as uh, one of the crooks. Right. And it, yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. Well, your I'm list. glad I have it's, your permission. It's your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your list. <laughs> okay, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is, now here we go with the, the Christmas Carol movies. And my number three is A Christmas Carol with Reginald Owen. Okay. And I believe June Lockhart was the, um, what was it, the niece, Scrooge's niece? Okay. I think I think that was June Lockhart. So for me, that's, that's number three. Okay, my number three is The Christmas Story. With, uh, you know, the, the Gene Shepherd, oh, you'll shoot your eye I, out. How did I not put that on the list? I don't know. I had a senior moment, I guess, when <laughs> I was putting the list together. Well, you know what? Put that on my list. That that's that's added to my list. Okay, <laughs> you'll shoot your eye. Yeah, I love that. I love. I don't know why I didn't put that. I don't know either. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Reginald. In fact, I'll probably kick one of these off my list then to make room for <laughs> uh, for the uh, the Gene Shepherd's Christmas Story. Uh, my next one is A Christmas Carol with Alastair Sim. Okay, so you you broke it down into versions. Yeah, I put them all together. Yeah, I think. The Alastair Sim version is the greatest of all time. And there have been some pretty darn good ones that were done after that, including the one with George C. Scott. But for me, Scrooge is forever Alastair Sim. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with that. Now, number our number one. No, number, number two. Oh, you're on your number two. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. And uh, just... My, my One of my favorite parts is at the very, very end. After all the doubt is dispelled about whether or not Chris Kringle is, is really Santa Claus and whether he exists and all that, and there's all that doubt and, and, you know, all the adult stuff that goes on. And at the very end, when they go to see the house, the, the little girl asked for a house, mm-hmm. and there by the fireplace is his cane. And it was like... When uh, the, the the lawyer guy, uh, he goes, maybe I didn't do such a great thing after all. Is, is that where you get weeping? Do you get the, the little a little bit, in the a eyes little bit, a little bit? Yeah, but yeah, I, I just yeah. I I really love that. That was little Natalie Wood, right? I think the so. Little girl was I think Natalie so. Wood. I'm not good with names, yeah, as you can sure tell. <laughs> pretty sure that sometimes she doesn't even know my name. Yeah, um, good old what's his name? What's over his there? name over there? Okay, now you and I, if if we are not united on number one. Something is very, very wrong. Okay. Okay. Should we say it together? Yep. Three, two, two one. White, White Christmas. Christmas right? <laughs> Gotta be. Gotta be the best Christmas movie 
ever. Why do you like it so much? Couple reasons. The very first time I ever saw it, my parents didn't go out very much yeah. together and leave us kids, but this was a time when we were getting babysat by our next door neighbor. And uh, my sister and I were already a little old to be babysat, but we were too young to be left alone. But my brother needed a babysitter. And Joanne was over, and we watched White Christmas. And that was the first time I ever saw it, and I was just enthralled with it. And then after that, a very favorite memory I have is of my sister Patty and I doing the Sisters song. And it, it's bittersweet now because my sister just passed away sisters. three years ago. And and now so when I see it, it sisters. kind of uh, yeah. kind of chokes me up. But I can't bear not to see, not to have Christmas without seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And every once in a while, Pat, you and Patty would sing it. You would. Well, we, we had the whole routine down. We we did the whole thing, you know. Yeah. God help the sister who gets between, between me, me and, and my, my mister. mister. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we 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 hammed it up and we had a good time with that mm. and I, we always that's a, a happy memory but um i think we agree on this there's a jump the shark moment in that movie for me where it, oh it, I, I know where it de- i know where it kind of like you could leave it down this, this was one of the scenes that they could have put on the cutting room floor and nobody would have missed it. And there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a story. Because behind every movie, there's a story. Mm-hmm. There's always a backstory about, well, originally we wanted to get this one to play the lead, but then the producers thought he was too old or too this or too that. And we got, uh, there's always a big backstory right, behind right. every movie. And I'm sure that there is a backstory on that particular part of the movie. Okay. Which is? The choreography scene. Yeah. That the, whole the theater, the, the theater. theater. <laughs> what have they done to the theater? And then he's got that stupid beatnik kind of thing with the tam and the. Uh, uh, it's yeah. just like where, where did this come? Who digs steps? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's just like it just where did that it come just from? sticks out in the movie, and like a sore thumb. I don't know what the backstory is. But it would maybe be, maybe one of our listeners knows and can tell us. You can always write to us at Pete Maureen Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, I have a feeling, just just a feeling. I don't think Danny Danny Cave was the easiest guy to get along with. Mm-hmm. We know Crosby wasn't. Unfortunately, Crosby. I've heard that. Unfortunately, Bing Crosby fans, and I, I think most of them. I, know, I love him. He in the was movies. a first rate sob. In real but life. I absolutely adore his voice. Not a I nice adore, man. I adore his movies. Great actor. Great actor. Uh, great I, w- I want him to be, you know, Father O'Malley, voice. you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what everybody thought he was Father O'Malley, you know? <laughs> Every, everybody thinks of Bing Crosby, and you think, well, he must be like Father O'Malley. No, he was anything but Father O'Malley. He was not a nice person. We'll just leave it at that. Uh but I have a feeling that maybe Danny Kaye insisted that that number be included. I got me. We'll have to do some research on that. Because he was, he was a pretty big star mm-hmm. by, by that point. Not, not as big as Bing. And in fact, one of the backstories was that uh, Danny tried to really curry favor with Bing Crosby uh-huh. when they were shooting it. And Bing wouldn't give him the time of day. Really? And he would try to get Bing to laugh. Because Danny Kaye was, I mean, was a funny guy. Yeah, right, right. And if he could get Bing Crosby to laugh, he thought that he had really done something. And, of course, you know the story about the end of the movie. The king and queen of Sweden were on the set. 
Oh, I've heard this. And yeah, they, tell had, the they, had, they had finished up with the principal photography, and the director said, wait a minute, I want everybody back on the set. And they pretended that they were going to shoot the final scene again mm-hmm. for the king and queen of Sweden to watch, even though it was already done. Right. I guess they weren't there when it was really they, they, filmed. They weren't there really? when it was really filmed. And so Crosby was like, I'm out of here. He wanted no part of it. He was like, Crosby was a, a big golf nut. Right. I, I remember and they that. said if he wasn't on the set, he was on the golf course. Wasn't there like a golf classic or something there, well, yeah, for There him used to be a Bing Crosby yeah. golf tournament. And uh, so when they got done with the filming, it was like, are you done with me? Yeah. You need me for anything else? No, Bing, we're done. I'm out of here. Deuces, everybody. <laughs> and, you know, Bing's out <laughs> on the golf course. Peace out, Boy Scout. And, and, and there was no film in the camera. When they reshot that, they were just like, we're not going to put any film because right. you know, there's no point. There's no point in doing it. But just for the king and queen, we'll make nice, nice, and, and we'll shoot it. Uh, the songs are great. Absolutely. The songs are great. Uh, and, and Rosemary Clooney, I mean, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, my God, she the, was so the, beautiful. And the gowns and things that Striking she wore. blue eyes. Yes. Gorgeous blue eyes. And Vera Ellen, who, by the way, did not sing in the picture. Okay. That was her voice was dubbed. But she danced, right? She was a dancer, and she had that teeny tiny little. Oh waist. my god! I'd, I'd love to know what her waist measurement. You could. It you had could, to be like what two inches? It's around? probably on the internet. It, <laughs> this teeny tiny little waist, but she didn't sing, but she was a dancer, and um, when they shot the sisters' routine, mm-hmm. the rumor is I don't know if it's true or not that Rosie Clooney did both voices. Oh. Vera Ellen did not sing. The story is that they, they recorded Rosie twice. Uh, and the the laughter that you see, remember there's the scene where uh, Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby dress yes, up yes. as the women, and they, and they do the number, and they're laughing hysterically. That was genuine. I, I could believe that. They, they said that Bing really broke up with Danny when they were shooting it, and it was so good it was just like, print it. Keep it, yeah. Leave it in. Now, for me... One of the great parts of White Christmas is the guy that played the general. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Dean Jagger. Right. Who has a very, very striking resemblance to my father. Well, I've said that to you, Especially yeah. in his later years. Right. And boy, when he comes down in his... And, I, and I, there used to be a picture that I had of my dad in his military uniform. I don't know where it is now. Uh, but I remember the picture. And when you see Dean Jagger come down in that military uniform. I see my dad. And again, that's another one where I start to well up. Are you talking about the beginning of the movie? The beginning when he comes down. No, no, when he comes down the steps. Oh, at the end, when when they're honoring him with the surprise. And he comes down and his, I think it's his niece, Mm -hmm. meets him at the bottom of the stairs and he looks dashing. He looks straight. And I say, and I see my dad. And he also looks dumbfounded. Yes. In which case, I see your dad. Because your dad, I mean, I've only known him a few years. Uh, You know, I didn't have as much time with him. But he was a very um, unassuming guy. And he would not, it would not, it would be beyond him. Like, he couldn't fathom that someone would honor him like that. You know, and, and. I see that parallel between Dean Jagger and your dad. There's that scene when he walks into the bank, the banquet hall. Right. And all of the guys that served under him are there. Right. And he walks in and you hear, Ted Hutt! Yeah. And they're all on their feet applauding. 
I mean that that that's that's a best. That's the best. And I love um, oh, what's her name? The 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 busybody. Uh, oh oh oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was the switchboard operator for the hotel. For the hotel, and she overhears Bing talking to Ed Harrison, the character Ed Harrison, right, right. about. But she only hears part of the conversation. Right, and she's like ready, loaded for bear, thinking that that he's selling out and he's gonna, yeah, you know, yeah. use the old man as a, a ploy to promote his his show. And what I also like is that the way that they fixed it so that all his suits were out to the cleaners except for his military <laughs> uniform. And he goes to get dressed to come down to dinner, and all that's in his closet is the is, military uniform. And he's like, where's my suits? Oh, they're out to the cleaners. Like, and he doesn't, I ought to have you court-martialed. And he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't you know, get it that something's up, which I love. Another beautiful thing about White Christmas for me is because I'm a techie, mm-hmm. is the cinematography. It was shot in what is called Vista Vision which was a 35-millimeter print tipped over sideways. And the color in VistaVision, it was a Paramount uh, product, is very, very dense, very luxurious, and very rich. And Loyal Griggs, who shot White Christmas, was a master color cinematographer. And he also shot Shane, if you remember that movie. Vaguely. It was a, it was a Western. But again, the color... In Shane, and I think that was also Vista Vision. Uh, very rich. Just it's just a cinematic treat. If you've got a really good copy of White Christmas on DVD, it the color just pops, and the cinematography is just breathtaking. I think Maureen and I could say that movie for us is a five star treat all the way around, except the one Danny Kaye <laughs> choreography. Sorry, it could go. Should have put it on the cutting room floor. All right. So that, that kind of takes care of the movie TV series. Anything else you want to say about nope, that? Nope, I'm good on that. All right. So now, when it gets to Christmas music, I, I kind of put them in categories. And we're church music musicians, so I don't know if this is the proper word for it, but what would you say is your favorite secular song with not a religious theme for Christmas? I have two. Okay. And you're never going to guess him. Uh, go ahead. One is the Christmas song by the Chipmunks. Oh, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas time is near. Again, I had that as a kid. I can tell you it was a 45 RPM. It was on Liberty Records. <laughs> and it had a blue label. Okay. And it said David Seville and the Chipmunks. And if you looked in the writing credit, it said Ross Bagdasarian. Who was David Seville? Okay. That was his real name, Ross Bagdasarian. But with the Chipmunks, he was David Seville. And Simon, Theodore, and Alvin were named after three executives at Liberty Records. The trivia this guy knows. I'm telling you, I got it going I'm here. telling you, if, if you don't want, listen to this podcast every week, you're going to miss out. I got it going. They were three execs at Liberty. And I always loved that song. And I would, as a kid, I would play it and play it and play it. And my folks would be upstairs, and I'd be down in the basement with the stereo going, and they please, please, please stop with that Christmas already, please. And that and that one has like the whole thing with the chipmunks, with like you know, uh, getting ready. There's like a musical interlude, and and like they're like Alvin's not ready, like they're yelling yeah. at Alvin. It's like yeah. Alvin, Christmas, Christmas <laughs> time is near. Okay, so then what? Uh, you said you have two. What's two. the other one? The other one, and my daughter. Kimmy, if you're listening, I know you like this. 
Dominic the donkey. <laughs> Lou Monty. Okay. Jiggity jink. It's Dominic the donkey. Jiggity jink. The dancing Christmas donkey or something. Okay. And she loves that. All right. That, I, I would not have guessed those. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, my, mine is Silver Bells. Okay. I, I just, I always just liked it. I like the tune of it. I, it, it, it flows. I, I, Any no, particular recording of it, like Ray Conniff or something? Or? No, not really. Okay. I, I, it's one that when it comes on, I always want to sing along with, and okay. I, I just really like it. So how about as far as Carol's religious music? Hands down. Hands down. Again, can bring me to tears. Oh, holy night. That was mine, too. And folks, back in the day, that was Pete's special song that he did at St. Paul the Apostle in Irvington, New Jersey. Yep. And he would do Oh Holy Night. And even, even I have to say, even our kids kind of gave Pop the props on that one. <laughs> and it, did, it took a lot for them yeah, to compliment yeah. their dad or their mom. Yeah. But they, they, uh, there was one year when Pete didn't sing it for some reason. And I think they were laryngitis or something. Or, 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 we, just just decided, or something. We, we just decided we were going to do something different. Yeah. And they were like, why didn't Dad get to sing Oh Holy Night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's by far on the top of my list. What about worst songs? Okay. I've got two. I've got two as well. All right, you go first. The Barking Dogs, Jingle Bells. Yes! <laughs> yes, I had that too. <laughs> All right. I am so sick. <laughs> I'm so sick of that. That that's I was actually my number one. Yeah, mine too. Okay, and what's the second? Christmas shoes. Oh no! Oh no! I, yeah, that's another one. That's it you is know, written to make you cry. Well, you know, the first time through, I got the appropriate lump in my throat. Yeah. I felt, you know, touched. It was a a lovely song that that you know did what it was supposed to do. But the 457th time, all I have to do is hear that and I I I punch the button on the radio. Yeah. I yeah. don't want I don't want to be sad at Christmas. I don't want to be moved to tears. I I I got it. You got your mom died, you get in the Christmas shoes. I sound like a a hard ass, but I don't want to hear this no, anymore. No, I get it. I get it. For me, grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> that is a song that when you sing when you got half a bag on. <laughs> you, you speak from experience? <laughs> <laughs> that is, I'm only on my first Merlot, so I'm not there yet. Uh, now, that, that to me is, it's overplayed, it's overdone, and people invariably, I think, sing it when they're, they're stewed. Now, I, uh, this is going a little out of sequence, mm -hmm. but when we were talking about movies, I, m I meant to bring this up. Okay. Now, we said there's probably some that you're surprised that weren't on. And I think we're probably going to hear it for not putting on It's a Wonderful Life. Sorry, folks. Sorry. Well, you know, that one, for years, I never saw it start to finish. I haven't either. It was always on, and I would pick it up, and I'd catch parts of it. And, and then a few years ago... For some reason, I finally had the opportunity, and I sat down and watched it start to finish in one continuous thing, and I was like, okay. This is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, 
It, it's not that it's a bad movie, but it I, it doesn't uh, doesn't rate my top list. All that I remember way. is Jimmy Strauss. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's the crowd pleaser right there. And every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. Yeah, yeah that's that's all that I remember. Jimmy Storm. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so I mean that that one I thought maybe might might have been kind of a surprise that yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm I, sure I'm sure there are people who listen to the podcast now. They didn't say. They, they, they didn't mention Jimmy Stewart. They, they, they didn't mention It's a Wonderful Life. I watch A Wonderful Life every year. And, and, and Pete didn't mention The Christmas Story on it at first. But that's because Pete is old and he forgot. <laughs> that's, that's why. And The March of the Wooden Soldiers is another one that, that people tend to Laurel and Hardy. It. Is it Laurel and Hardy? Laurel yeah. and Hardy. But, you yeah. know, the, the whole... Uh, yeah. But you didn't like Laurel and Hardy. Not particularly. Or The Three Stooges. I, Laurel and Hardy I liked better than the Three Stooges. Though. Or the Marx Brothers. Well, they were really before my. I didn't watch the Marx. Well, they were before my time. They're you know. Yeah, but thirty you, years before my time, and I I love them. But you watched them. I I they I didn't really watch them until I met you. I find, and you may agree with me on this. Uh, I find that the Three Stooges, the Marx Brothers, especially the Stooges and the Marx Brothers, are guy things. Guys dig the Stooges. Women don't because too much slapstick, too much poking in the eyes. Right, and and, and for me, yeah, you know, my nickname is Mo. And the kids were mean to hey, me. Mo. I, they, hey, and, Mo. I, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, yeah. Mo, where's Larry and Curly?" Where's Larry and, Curly? And, I, and I heard that all my life. And it, it you know, if there was any chance that I was going to like the Stooges, it went out the window with that. <laughs> So there you have our uh, our top movies, our top TV shows, and our favorite songs and not-so-favorite songs for the holiday season. And if you want to drop us a note, let us know. If you're enjoying the Pete and Maureen Mixing It Up podcast, send it to Pete and Maureen podcast at yahoo.com. Yahoo! <laughs> Pete and Maureen podcast at yahoo.com. This is probably going to be our last podcast until after the new year, I would think. Well, be- after Christmas After Christmas anyway. anyway, because as soon as Christmas is over and the Christmas tree is back down in the basement, we begin with the somewhat sad task of getting our house ready for sale because we're going to be putting it up for sale probably in very early January, maybe the first week of January. So it's kind of kind of a bittersweet Christmas here in the Toriello house because we've been here for 35 years and this will be probably the last Christmas here but I don't want to get weepy so (laughs) everybody have a great holiday we'll see you after Christmas see you soon I borrowed one of the singing dogs.